Welcome to Digitally Creative. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me this week for the second time is my good friend. You know her, you love her. It's Amy from Amy Makes That. Hi, Amy, how you doing? Hi, I'm so excited to be back again. It's crazy at how much time we really hasn't flown by, but... We had we were trying to figure out before we recorded how how long it had been since Amy was on, yeah. and I had no concept. I was like, I thought it was two years ago. It was like, okay, it was a year ago. So it was April twenty eighth of twenty twenty one. Episode ninety five was the last time you were on the show, and I mean nothing's really happened. So I don't even know why we're doing this. Like nothing's changed. Everything's the same. <sighs> no, seriously, I was so. I talk about you a lot with my friends because it's just watching you watching your meteoric rise over the last year and year and a half at this point. It's just been amazing to watch. I mean, last time we talked, you had, I think you had just gone full time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You had just gone full time. Okay. That was the big news. Oh, you no. had, I'm sorry. Yeah. I went full time in August of 2021. So, right. So it was okay. So you were about to, you were t- okay. thinking about it. You were starting mm-hmm. to lean that way. You had just blown off Etsy for the last time, which was amazing. You had just gotten the news that you got your account back the day before we recorded. And then you basically told them to pound sand, which basically made all of my listeners super duper happy. Um, and since then, you've um, you've just continued your rocket rise. So um, we were just we, we looked up um, your subscriber count before when we recorded the last one, and what was the number? <laughs> it was eight thousand five hundred fifty-three subscribers. So now, just to put that number in perspective, that was eighteen months ago. Mm-hmm. And now Amy is at 80,800 subscribers on YouTube and on Instagram, which I, this number blows my mind, but on Instagram, <laughs> you're at 96,000 subscribers on um, Instagram. That's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. <laughs> It was this year really that I, I didn't even have that many followers in the beginning of this year. I wish I'd uh, knew how much I had, but it was like a couple thousand it easily, like maybe or maybe ten thousand. You were just at, you were hovering around the ten to thirteen thousand yeah. mark because yeah. you were there for a while, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, because I when you first mentioned um, when you first mentioned we did some work we did some work together on the acrylic for your wedding, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's going to be cool. She's got a couple of thousand followers, and then it was like. Oh God, what am I going to do? Like I started to panic because yeah. it was so such a wave of business came in off that mention. And I was like, and I hadn't looked at your numbers in a while. And I looked and I think at the time you mentioned it, you were at like 20,000. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, 20,000 people mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah, that's a lot too. But I, I, yeah, I remember when you messaged me, you're like, hey, you know, well, I, I messaged you and I was like, hey, you know, I, I had this whole debacle with another acrylic shop that I ordered from. So I was like, Vincent, can you just make me some blank acrylics for my wedding? And you're like, yeah, of course, you know, just give me a little shout out, a little <laughs> shout out on Instagram. I was like, sure, no problem. And the funny thing was, is that I wasn't planning on um, making like a full blown tutorial, just a quick little thing of making the acrylic sign, painting it. 
It was maybe like a 10 second reel and it has 24 million views. It's, it's insane. It's insane. I still get people. I was just telling Amy before we recorded, I'm still getting people coming to me going, hey, Amy says she uses you for her acrylic. So here's what I need. Can you do it for me? I've made a couple of really good contacts um, after your mention. It's just That's been amazing. It's been absolutely fantastic. It's kind of a shame that wedding season is over because it was like it was a fun ride while it was going, but it's okay. It's okay. It's I know it's coming like, back. every year, so you know that's it's uh, like the running joke. But no, I mean it. I'm so glad it brought you so many customers and new new clientele. It, it you're one of the most deserving people ever to to have business for it. So I uh, yeah, it was it was just a really really sporadic but awesome <laughs> awesome thing to happen. I was telling I was telling a friend of mine I was like uh, he goes oh so um what what did you what did you charge her because this is obviously worth a lot more I said honestly I wasn't going to charge her either way so I just told her just mention me I thought like yeah fine if I get whatever I get I get and I was like whoa this is crazy <laughs> I never expected it to blow up that much I was like yeah like I hope I get him like you know a few people because I have rides following me too so. A few people turned into a couple. Yeah, just a few, <laughs> just a few. So let's start there, actually, because, I mean, obviously you're doing something right. And you've talked about, one of the things I like is you've you've kind of split, you've kind of forked your content a little bit. So you still do the cricket tutorials, which is what you're known for, mm -hmm. and crafting tutorials and stuff like that. But you've also sort of forked your content a little toward taking those things and turning them into a business, which I really... You know, anyone who knows me knows that that hits right here for me because I think anyone that's doing this stuff should at least try to make some money doing it. Yeah. Um, what do you attribute the incredible growth that you've had on your channel to? Do you think it's a bunch of people going, oh, wow, I can make money doing this? Or is it just right place, right time, and you're doing the right content? Or like, wh what's the mix that you seem to have figured out that very few people do figure out? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really interesting. I have, as much as it's kind of the same niche that I, I post my content in, it's all different kind of people. You know, I, I get the bunch of people that are planning a wedding, right? I have a lot of wedding content on my YouTube channel, on my Instagram, but then I have people that haven't bought a Cricut and don't know how to use it. So I teach beginners on their projects and how to do that. And then there's also a bunch of people that have a cricket and then want to start a business with it. So I also promote content like that of starting a craft business and making a side hustle out of it because it's what I used to do. And now I'm just strictly educating people now. So I think I've just found a really good, I guess, method of posting my content on social media and, you know, hopping on that algorithm train, right? I think that was a really big thing um, that happened to especially my Instagram. And that's how I saw the big difference. I, I started posting a lot more on Instagram and TikTok. I post whenever and it's, you know, it's TikTok, but um, it's, and even on YouTube too. But I think I just tried to narrow down and like my, my target audience and what they really want, like the content that they ask for, the project tutorials that they need help on. And again, my mission is to help all of the crafters out there as much as I can. And I think as long as that's my focus, I'm I'm still going to keep growing as, as much as I can. So I th I think what's the most impressive, you know, like I've known you now, I knew, I knew you obviously before we had you on the podcast mm -hmm. last year and I've known you for a little while now. And what, what never ceases to amaze me mm 
is the amount of business knowledge you have. Like, it's one thing to be a good crafter. It's one thing to have good artistic sense. But I know a lot of people that are really artistic that couldn't, you know, run a business to save their life. I think I, I'm impressed continuously by how you manage to merge your creativity and a good sense of how to run a business and the right things to do and, you know, warning people about doing dumb things and how to price things correctly. I think pricing is probably the thing that most people have the most trouble with. You know, people are terrible at pricing things. Yeah, 1000%. I get told that all the time. I don't, you don't charge enough for your stuff. I know I don't charge enough for my stuff. I know I've heard it, but where did your where does your business knowledge come from or is it all just like school of hard knocks type stuff like you you have to I, I find it hard to believe this is just the stuff that you've learned and if it is my god you must have been through hell to get there but how have you learned what you've learned about running a business and cuz you you're teaching it in a way that people are obviously relating to yeah um let me let me try and put this into word here no <laughs> well, basically yeah i I've been self-taught. Um, okay. I did not go to school for business. I majored in communications. And even then, I, I didn't know anything about social media and starting a business, starting a content creating business, being an influencer. Um, you know, I, I think I just, I feel like sometimes I'm a big sponge where I love to dive into researching and whether that's going on Google, watching a few YouTube videos, blog posts, I, I just kind of dive myself into, okay, like if I'm passionate about something, I want to make this my career. How can I get from the point that I am last year where I was like, okay, I was bartending and I was doing this on the side, but I really wanted to content create more. Um, and, and I eventually just said, okay, like I'm going to take this more seriously and I'm going to see, I'm, I'm babbling right now. Hold on. I'm not making sense. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We love that's why that's why I have a podcast so I can babble. So yeah. feel free to babble. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've basically been self-taught and I appreciate you saying that because I don't think a lot of content creators get credit for the behind the scenes work that we do. You know, I love crafting and creating new projects, but it's a lot more than that. There's, sure. you know, scripting and copywriting and then producing the videos, filming the videos, editing those videos for hours upon hours. I'm a freak and I love editing my content and making it very appealing and fun and visually, I guess, good. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I've also loved, like, I love talking about social media and the growth because I've seen it happen for me personally. And I, I know a bunch of other people are looking for that too but i've just learned as I've, I've gone on this crazy journey it it's hard because i don't know anyone that i know some people but not near me or in long island new york no one's an influencer here right like no one's a content creator we don't i don't have groups of people that i meet up with every week and i'm like this is what i did this week like i, I don't so it kind of forces yourself to research on your own and and just do the best that you can and i've been doing the best i can and it, really it's been paying off so not having that circle that's interesting because i think almost yeah. not having that circle of people around you almost makes you better because in a weird way it kind of forces you to try things that you yes. would you know if you were in a group of people and then you said hey i'm gonna just post tiktok every single day 
they would go, that's great, but you're not going to be able to sustain that. Now, here you are, and I know you've been doing TikTok for over a year, mm-hmm. and you've been doing reels and TikToks pretty much every day for that whole entire time. Like, even if it's a short one with just a <laughs> one of the things I love that you do, you do it because it was one of the pieces of advice you gave in one of your videos about how to utilize TikTok and reels, mm-hmm. but you, the way you grab a trending sound and you turn it into something cricket related, like you just shoehorn cricket into it somehow. It's like, yeah. And I've gotten so much traction on those kind of videos, especially on TikTok at first, but now Instagram Mm -hmm. (laughs) appreciates that. And I do work with cricket now. And it was funny because I, I post a few, I film a few TikToks for them every month and (laughs) they reached out and they're like oh like if you have any ideas just let us know so i had some crafting cricket project tutorial things Mm -hmm. and i remember the the woman who i was in contact with she goes you know those are great but we're really looking for that like spoofy funny relatable content that you post and i'm like wow they they think i'm funny (laughs) i was shocked that that's the kind of content they they wanted from me but it's it's very true because crafters love seeing content and people that they can relate to, right? Like we, and as humans in general, we don't want to feel alone in whatever we're doing. So anytime I get frustrated at forgetting to mirror my design or any little things like that, I'm like, wow, that's, that's a funny thing that I can probably make a reel out of. And I don't know, my mind just goes to these places. I will scroll through Instagram and TikTok, hear a sound. And I'm like, oh, I could do this with that. And <laughs> comes into a whole whole big thing. <laughs> it's kind of cool that it's kind of cool that you're you know you're working with Cricket and they're not asking you to change to fit them. Mm-hmm. They're wanting more Amy. They're not they're not wanting you know Amy working for Cricket. They're wanting Amy makes that on the Cricket channel. That's kind of cool actually that you Which have is- that level of freedom with them. Yeah, it, it's really cool. And I, I think for a while as being a crafter influencer, if you will say crafter con crafter content creator mm-hmm. um i was trying to fit the mold of everyone else that was in like the the crafting niche like i didn't know what made myself unique and now i've finally come to that place of okay well i'm a big neutrals person clearly from my background like i love <laughs> neutral brown tones um but i also love making cricket projects that aren't so chuggy like you know like the i'm making tumblers today and i'm making t-shirts like I like right. to try new things and different things that don't really seem like they're cricket projects. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that, but. Well, I like the way I let, let's talk about that for a second, because one of the things that attracted me to your channel in the beginning, when I first found your channel was that your projects were outside the box of what you would typically expect a cricket to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got mine, I got it pretty much as a vinyl cutter. I, that's all I got it for. And that's all most people ever use it for. And that's fine. That, you know, you don't have to be pushing the limits of every single thing you yeah. own all the time. Yeah. But what caught me about your channel the most and what made me gravitate toward your videos was that you were doing things with it where it's like, I never thought to use vinyl that way. I never thought mm-hmm. to use vinyl that way. Mm-hmm. You know, when you did um, you did the reminder wall, the agenda wall for oh, your yes. old office. Yeah. It was like, it was such a great project because it was so many different things, so many different techniques using the same standoffs I was using to make plaques. You used it to mount stuff to the wall, Mm -hmm. you know, all these little things, you know, using crick, using vinyl 
to put something permanent on the acrylic so that when you write and you wipe it off, the vinyl stays there, like stuff like that. And it's like, man, she just really thinks outside the box. And I imagine that's a blessing and a curse because you're doing things that other people don't do. But at the same time, you've kind of painted yourself into this corner where you always have to be like pushing things a little bit like, oh, wait, how do I do that? How do I make this more interesting? It's almost like you've assumed a certain level of basic cricket knowledge or basic knowledge of the process. And it's like, okay, we are taking this to the next level now. This is how you do the next level of things with this machine. It's do you feel like a little bit of pressure about that sometimes as you're doing your crafting? Like, how do I make this not another cricket video? All the time, honestly. It is a big risk sometimes when I try a cricket project. And I will say 80% of the time, I do not do test cuts like before I film. So that day where I schedule myself to film, I'm like, we're just going to wing it. And if it doesn't work, then we are screwed. <laughs> But you rarely and you rarely miss a week too, which means either you are you are way ahead, which I don't think you are. I'm pretty sure you're not. I know there was a point where you were a couple of videos ahead a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how far ahead you get, but I I'm either you're really really lucky, really far ahead, or you're very good at pivoting on a moment's notice and recording a different video if something doesn't work. Like which of those yeah. three is you? Um, I I definitely. I just had a brain fart. Can you repeat? Yeah. So it's like of the three, like, you know, let's say something goes south, right? Do you pivot? Do you do it over? Like, how do you manage? Because you always manage to have a video out. It's rare that you don't have a video out on a Monday night. Um. So I have my content schedule. And a few months ago, when you're talking about that for my wedding, I had to film mm -hmm. months in advance. Yep. So all of like, only up until recently, those videos were all filmed like, in, and I want to say June, July, because again, we had the wedding, I took off mm -hmm. that month, and then we were moving. So my office was literally not in, in like, it was not here at all. So <laughs> I couldn't really film or record or do anything at that point. But I try my best to, like, produce and script and do everything a few weeks in advance. So that way, um, God forbid a video doesn't work out or something, I can film another video or I can like kind of just rearrange it somehow. I'm trying to, this is not the right wording that I want to say. Hold you on. could slide, you could kind of slide one forward and then redo yeah. the one that didn't work and do yeah. that at a later time. God forbid. But, but usually like it, it's never really like that. I have videos that I will, I have on my content schedule. Like I have the videos that I want to film up until February now at this point. But I am taking, well, this is, I shouldn't be saying this, but I am taking a little break from YouTube as like posting every week because it has been pretty demanding with sure. up with the social media and then also just the day-to-day -day things that I have to do as a business owner. So I'm posting, I'm going to be posting YouTube videos every other week starting January. And then that'll give me some free time to promote more resources and fun things for everyone. But um, no, I mean, I used to struggle a lot with trying to find a video. If God forbid something didn't work out, like I would do a quick, like cricket design space tutorial and you would never know uh -huh. I filmed it like the day before, but now <laughs> I realize, like, okay, if something doesn't work out or, you know, it, I filmed it wrong or 
whatever the case may be, I just let it be. And I say, okay, uh, we're not going to film this week and we're not going to force this content out. That's not my best work. Um, and yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, it's, it's hard because you know, you're, you are very, you're very active on Instagram and TikTok. Mm -hmm. You're producing, you know, multiple videos a week, even, you know, even if you're just filming and then editing later Mm -hmm. and you are only one person. Mm-hmm. There is only one you. There is no like there aren't multiple people working on this. You don't have an editor, you don't have a producer, you don't have someone writing your script, you don't have someone doing your social media for you. So the pace you've been moving at is pretty exceptional, honestly. It's it's been it's definitely been a struggle. I, I now know not to get burnt out and, and not to do certain things that I used to do. Um mm-hmm. with like my work life balance. I used to just work all the time and, and not care about a schedule and and that I realized that was really bad. And my body started literally like breaking down. So I found a good method in, okay, now, well, yeah, now my days, I theme my days now. So on Mondays, I do a little catch up on like some admin work, email newsletter stuff. Tuesdays are my filming days. So that's where I batch film all of my stuff. And I also have accumulated a lot of content over the past like year or so. So sometimes an Instagram reel doesn't have to be this full blown thing and I have to re-record something. I could just take a clip from a previous reel that I posted a while ago or I didn't post at all, add some text, do whatever the trend is and sure. I to do it and then voila, it's done. So it makes my life a bit easier when it comes to editing and filming. But like you said, it it it's one of the hardest things I think people like I guess friends and family have to understand is that I'm this is all on my own. Like I'm, I don't have any other employees. Like it's, it's a pretty tough and demanding job. I will say being a content creator, but it is one of the most fulfilling jobs ever. Just sure. reading all the comments and all the gratitude that people have for me. It, it really just makes my job worth it. And uh, yeah, I just generally love helping everyone as much as I can. So I, I have a friend, I have a friend who's in our space, who's a, a crafter also has a YouTube channel. She's doing really well for herself. She also runs a business. So she's kind of in a similar situation to you. And one of the things that we talked about, we've talked about it a few times actually, is that her family kind of treats it like, Oh, that's cute. You do the YouTube thing. Like how does your, how does your family look at what you do? Um, do you, I mean, obviously they're supportive. I mean, even to even her family, even though she, she jokes about it with me, but you know, with the, basically if it was a little kid, they'd be patting it on the head and going, nice, nice. You're such a good boy. You're such a good boy. Mm -hmm. How does your family look at what you do? Um, what's their reaction like? Um, do they recognize the scale of your, I hate using the word fame, but really it's the only word I can think of at the moment, but how do they how do they perceive what you do? And do they realize how big your channel is and your presence online is? No, I don't think they realize like the extent of the work that I have to do and also the extent of my, I guess, quote unquote, popularity of fame online. So I think that was one of the hardest things, especially it's, they're definitely very supportive now. I will mm-hmm. say in the beginning, it was hard to get some family members on board with what I did um, just because they didn't understand what it was. I have a lot sure. of older family members. They don't really know what social media is or how it works and how you can actually make a job with it. Um, I've had 
one family member that I no longer speak to that told me that I should go get a real job. And that was a real job. Yeah. They always use that term too. a real job. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. You mentioned that because I had a friend who was an independent um, record producer and he said, you know, his family was always telling him he should go get a real job, go get a real job, go get, he was doing okay. Right. He was doing okay. He was supporting himself. He was supporting his family. He had a, he, you know, he had a nice house. He had everything. Yeah. He had everything. The only difference between him and someone else is they were working in a cubicle for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So to, to those people mm-hmm. in his family, he was, he didn't have a real job because he was working for himself. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny you say that because it was the same kind of tone. Yeah. It, it's crazy to me how some people don't think that being a business owner and what I'm doing is a real job. I mm-hmm. think the i guess disconnect maybe is i'm very big on social media right i maybe might make my job seem very fun and easy to do and oh so fun like my little cricket hobby that i just posted <laughs> on like no like um how do you not think this is a real job like i'm am i getting paid with fake money here no like, <laughs> i'm making an income like i'm able to support myself my husband like you know, it's, I think for people to say that it, it just shows how much, how little they don't understand or maybe don't want to understand. Sure. And, uh, I, at the end of the day, they don't, they don't support you. You know, if, if they're not willing to understand what your job is and how you're able to, you know, run a business on your own, then, you know, I say, I don't need you in my life. You know, I always, I always joke. I always joke about, cause I, you know, way back in the, way back in the older days, I had, I was very active on Facebook and I would always see people, you know, especially on the Friday after the Friday after Thanksgiving, they would always post, do your shopping tomorrow, buy local, buy local, you know, it's small business Saturday. I never got an order from any of those people. Not, one of them. Mm-hmm. And it always blew my mind because it was always those people that didn't order a damn thing, right? Kind of a similar situation. It's I feel like when I started my Instagram, I had all this support, right? Friends, mm-hmm. family. And don't get me wrong, I know the friends and family members that did buy for me and did support sure. me, right? But in, in the beginning, when I really needed that support the most, I didn't get it from a lot of people. Right. And then, of course, years later, when now I have the following and the followers, how many messages have I ever seen? Wow, you've blown up. That's great. How have you been? (laughs) Like, you're doing, (laughs) you're working with Cricket now. That's great. And I'm like, what? I know the people that supported me in the beginning versus (laughs) just popped on the train after. Like, I know what you're doing. Isn't it it weird? Isn't it weird? Because those people, those, I, I I have some of those people too. It's like, Oh yeah, your your business is your business is doing really well. You're doing I see you're doing all this, you're doing all that, that's great. It's like, oh, maybe you could do this for me. It's like mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was getting this off the ground, that's really when I needed you the most. Right. Like you when know, I that's, wasn't making a lot of or steady orders and, and yeah. that's when you needed it the most, not when you have like thousands yeah. of people like ordering for me now. It's it's almost yeah. like and it's funny you said it's interesting that you said that, what you said about how you remember 
the people that were there first. I remember who my first order was. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember mm-hmm. my first, okay. I remember my first woodworking order, but I remember the literal first thing I ever made for anyone that they paid for. Yeah. And I 3D printed a Harry Potter wand for somebody. And that was what they wanted. They wanted mm-hmm. a Harry Potter wand and I 3D printed it in wood filament mm-hmm. and I stained it and I finished it and I made a box for it. And it was awesome. Like it was, I was so happy with it. Mm-hmm. And I remember that that was the first thing I ever made for mm-hmm. money for somebody else. Right. And that person came back to me over the years over and over again mm-hmm. and got stuff over and over again. And even, even things that I couldn't do for him, he tried to, he tried, he came to me first. Like, Hey, can, can, can you do this? Right. Not really? Okay, fine. But I wanted to check with you first, you know? Yeah. Those are the people. Those are your people right there. Those are your people. <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. Those are the people that are like, oh, like I get a, a few family members like, hey, I just wanted to ask you before, you know, I pay some mm-hmm. person on Etsy or something. Can you make this for me? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like as long as I have like the time to do it and it's not something you need by tomorrow, like sure. I'm able to do it. You know? Yeah, if you could plan it out over a long enough timeline, anything yeah. is doable. Yeah, I still I still make things for family members, and most of the time I, I don't charge them because I'm like whatever, like it, it's fine. Like I <laughs> not a business I, anymore where I'm you know making products, and that's my income. My income now is you know being on social media and content creating and whatnot. So what, one of the things one of the things I've found also is that over time, like you said, you don't charge family, and I can actually understand that because I um like just yesterday I got an order for a Christmas cutting board. I got it. We're recording this. It is um, December 14th. So you already know how tight those timelines are if you're Mm -hmm. listening to this. Even if you're listening, I think this episode is going to come out the 21st. Yeah, the 21st. Mm -hmm. So you know how tight these timelines are for shipping stuff, especially this one's going across the country. And it's like, I was thanking God that I have gotten so many orders that I've been able to refine my processes enough that I got the wood yesterday morning and the cutting board is in a box in my car tonight, done, finished, ready to ship. I just, we're just trying to confirm the address it's going to, Mm -hmm. otherwise it would have went out today. So basically got the wood yesterday, shipped it the next day. It's, I can I can totally understand though with family like a lot of times it's like yeah I'm I'm not going to charge you for that because I know they'll appreciate it mm-hmm. but it's like I don't need to charge you for that because it's just right. it's a day of work and your you family. don't need it yeah the only thing I'll, I'll say like you know whatever the cost of the supplies was for that that's sure so sure and that's that's whatever that's it. That's all I ever tell people. I I treat a lot. I, I have a bad habit of treating a lot of people like family too. Like and yeah. I, I've been told, I have been told that that's a bad idea, but sometimes you find that it works. Like for example, with your stuff, when I did your stuff mm-hmm. for you, it's like, how much, how much do you want? I mean, so you and I started looking into doing these table number things mm-hmm. a while ago, mm-hmm. and I had given you a sample of one with mm-hmm. a wood base and whatever. And you were like, okay, but I want to pay you. I'm like, I'm not going to take money from you for a sample. Yeah. Like, get out of my, like the, you can tell when two business owners start talking about stuff. It's like, I want to pay mm-hmm. you for this. Like, I am not mm-hmm. taking money from you. It's always the same thing. So mm-hmm. when you did the, when I did the, um, the signs for your, your drink signs, it was like, 
oh yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna charge you for that. Just give me, a, throw me a mention. That's that's worth. And little did I know, like I was like, that's worth more to me. I didn't think it was worth as much as it was. Not gonna lie, but I was like, that's worth more to me. But that's almost like because we understand as we do business with each other. Yeah. You know, I understand what your time is worth. I understand what you bring to the table mm -hmm. as far as your ability to put my stuff out there. Mm -hmm. You understand what I bring to the table is I'm going to give you a design that I'm going to agonize over whether it fits together when you because God, after seeing the one you got, it's just like so Amy ordered for those of you that have been following mm -hmm. along, you know, the table number signs that have just been blowing up for me. And Amy ordered um, from uh, an Etsy seller. She ordered these table numbers and they literally are just floppy and they didn't really fit together correctly. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't good. Like you, you do get a certain amount of wiggle. You have to, because the way acrylic is, you, you're always going to get a certain amount of wiggle, but these were sloppy. They were just sloppy. I've never received a product that bad from Etsy where I felt compelled to be like, Hey, this is not okay. The it was two pieces. It was the bottom, mm -hmm. um, and then the arch, and the arch would just either plop right in or slide in, and it was not sliding in or plopping in at all because the lines that it was supposed to go in were completely crooked, too tight, and I was like, "Do you not check your like product?" That's the part that got me. That's it right there. Yeah. Not that it didn't work because I've had pieces that didn't work. I've had to right. rebuy acrylic. But I, I, I mean, if anyone's ever ordered a piece of acrylic from me, yeah. especially the tab and slot type signs, they'll notice that I, first of all, I batch them together. So if I cut out of one piece of acrylic, those all get wrapped together. So you know which bases go with which tops because yeah. they're all different thicknesses. And that's just the way acrylic is. Yeah. But number two, you'll always see in one of those batches, a little bit of the masking on the bottom of the acrylic is peeled up because I tested it. Right. And that's how you know someone's testing it because if you get a piece and they're all masked, that was not tested before it was sent to you. And they're all masked. So, yep. It's so weird. It's like I was watching this, I was watching this whole saga with you, and I'm like, I can't believe. And she yeah. was like, no, these were perfect when I sent them. Like, what did they do? She was Shrink? Nasty. Like, yeah. I, I got like a few messages like, you're better than this. Like, you shouldn't be putting like a shop like this on blast. And I was like, listen, it's not about putting someone on blast. It's the fact that like what I do as a craft, like, sorry, what I do as a content creator, I share my knowledge on starting a small business. Like sure. these are one of the things that you should never, ever do if you're selling products. Like don't not test your products. Don't talk to a customer like that, like gaslight me into thinking like, no, the product's fine. Like those, they were they were such big red flags. I was like, this is just a lesson from everyone to make sure that you don't act like this is a great example of what you should not do. Yeah. And and a lot of those, I, you know, it's, it's, I understand, you know, let's, let's play devil's advocate here for a minute. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that this person has probably gotten a few customers over the years that are probably just jerks. Right. Yeah. And it, it makes you put your defenses up in an unnatural way, but that being said, if I can clearly demonstrate a shortcoming in your product, eat it. I mean, literally eat it. You have to. I mean, as a business owner, as a business owner, yeah. I will eat it. There was one customer who I made I made the table number signs for. And I do tell people that they're not going to friction fit. I'm just, mm -hmm. I can't 
refine the design every single time I cut them yeah. to friction fit. You're going to have to glue them in some way for them to fit. There was one that would, that she believed her to the tolerances were a little too low and they were a little wobbly. I was like, send them back. I will remake all the bases for you or I will remake the entire order for you. Still haven't mm -hmm. gotten them back. I imagine I'll get them back. The wedding's not until the summer, which is yeah. fine. Mm -hmm. But I, I immediately was like, okay, so here are the options. I yeah. can recut, I can recut the bases. Right. I can recut the whole thing. I can glue them for you and send them to you assembled. Those are your three options. And I made them all available to her. She still has mm -hmm. to figure out what she wants to do with them. Right. But I don't understand the idea of being defensive about it. It's like yeah. they don't, they're not going to work for this client. Mm -hmm. So either you're going to give this client a good experience by fixing it for them, or you're going to get yourself a non-returning and bad mouthing client, which is yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not someone that <laughs> is compelled to write reviews. I'm, I've never been that kind of person. Like I will try my best to write good reviews on everyone that, you know, I order from and whatnot. Sure. But you have to do a lot to make me <laughs> mad <laughs> and, sure. and, or make me like feel a certain way. And it was exactly. just, the unprofessionalism that I was very shocked at. And, you know, like you said, there's a protocol that you do as a business owner for, okay, if the customer doesn't like the product, how there's X, Y, and Z that you should be doing and mm -hmm. the customer is happy. Like it's, it's customer service 101. If the customer is happy, that's what matters. You don't have to like the product. You don't have to, you know, like it, it's just. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Because so what I ended up start well after her after her see this was you know Jimmy Deresta who I've had on this show always says you mm -hmm. go to school on the first one well she was one of my first customers you were technically my first but yours yeah. went so smoothly that I got cocky yeah. hers were <laughs> hers were the real first customer and yeah. a lot went wrong right but yeah. I learned all the things that could go wrong with that order mm -hmm. and what I started doing is I started cutting out this gauge on the for the acrylic that could mm -hmm. basically you cut a sample essentially of the tab and slot and it's a little jig that you put uh, the pieces in and mm -hmm. you can determine the thickness so what was happening was at the peak of all these wedding orders i would get the acrylic in mm -hmm. i would immediately cut this gauge out of every piece of acrylic that hit my shop mm -hmm. mark the thickness on the masking in giant numbers and then yeah. put it on my shelf so now i have multiple designs that are of that account for those differences. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, oh, that's 0.215. No problem. I pull out the 0.215 design and I cut that one on that sheet. Yeah. But I had to learn that. Right, right. And it's like if uh -huh. I had just gotten defensive and said, well, so they wiggle. What did you expect? I mm -hmm. wouldn't have learned that. The product wouldn't have gotten better and people wouldn't have been as happy with it. Yeah, I think some people just don't want to admit when they're wrong. You know, maybe I think maybe she was like, well, I've I've had nothing but great reviews. And why is this the totally possible? You've had a few bad reviews, woman, like I've seen here. But even then, like as a business owner, we all make mistakes. It yes. happens. But you got to know when to admit your defeat, when you're wrong and you learn from it. That's how we grow. Like, we're not making we're not making defibrillators or stuff like or no. ventilators. We're not making high end stuff. We're we're yeah. making stuff that we're making stuff that you can remake and fix it for someone. And yes, it may right. eat into your margins. Yes, it's in fact pretty pretty good chance it's going to eat into your margins. But you know yeah. what? That's what the job is. Yeah, that's, that's a job. That's risk, you know. But but going back to what you said, like making test cuts, mm -hmm. very important, especially with 
with the cricket. And (laughs) I remember uh, yesterday you DM'd me because I posted on my story that I was making a cricket project and it said it was going to take 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And I, so uh, this is for the brand deal that's going to be live uh, on Friday, but Mm -hmm. it's fine now because the 21st is getting uploaded. But um, I've never worked with basswood before. It was really cool to work with with the Cricket Maker 3. Yep. Again, very outside of the box, Amy, hot project, we'll say. <laughs> but I did not know that it takes 14 passes yeah. to cut the basswood. And then um, it, it it also wasn't cutting through all the way at some point. So I was getting very mad and frustrated. <laughs> and that's just, and that's funny because that's just the way, that's just the way it is. That's yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to probably take an emery board or something and hit the edges of it a little bit to clean up the edges yeah. after it's done. Yeah. I took a razor cut and it like at the bottom it didn't cut all the way through, but I was able to cut it so it was fine. I did a few cuts after that to be like, what's going on? Like how do I really use basswood? So now I know if anyone ever asks me, hey, what are some troubleshooting tips you have? Now I know I'll say, okay, you could do this, that, but not so it's those are the little thing those are the little things i feel like those are the valuable things that you learn through experience right like mm-hmm. you know the fact that it takes 14 passes like i was watching a video i forgot what they were cutting i forgot what they were cutting i'm pretty sure it was leather mm-hmm. and it was like the leather it took six six or seven passes to go through yeah. like thin mm-hmm. leather and it's like wow seven passes like you know you watch the machine it's like oh yeah this is going to take 47 minutes to cut it's like wait what <laughs> like 40 some minutes like this was absolutely absurd um you would think like the cricket would have maybe like a deeper blade of some sort so it doesn't take 14 even even the deep cut even the deep cut blade i think what it is i don't think the motors on the cricket are powerful enough to drive the blade through in one pass i just don't i mean a human being can't the cricket isn't you know maybe it just can't do it i don't know but it's it's funny because you see like I've seen all the stuff that because I still have my Explorer Air Two in mint green, the most beautiful machine that they ever made, um, and I still love that machine. I love it to death. I will not replace it until it dies and crawls out my front yeah. door to bury itself in my backyard. Like I love that machine dearly, and I see what the maker can do, and I'm like, are you ever going to actually do that on the maker, or are you just going to take it to your shop and cut it on your laser? That's what I do. It's like in my mind, I'm like. You know, the maker it would be cool to have that here and not have yeah. to go to my shop. Mm-hmm. But the flip side is it would be so much faster to do it at my shop. 100%, <laughs> yeah. And that's why, that's like the kind of, I don't want to say the downfall of Cricket, but the Cricket is, you know, a, a smaller machine versus. Sure. And um, also, I, I, I say this to a lot of people that want to start small businesses, you know, the Cricket's a great machine to use for your business, but it's also a great machine um, for uh what's the word like it's a good gateway machine as well so it is want to get into it, bigger vinyl cutting machines where you're making bigger templates yes. or produce more it's a great start to to start with the cricket get used to vinyl cutting at you know a smaller size and then work your way up to the bigger better machines i will give you i will prove your point right now the first digital fabrication machine i had was a 3d printer Mm-hmm. But the second was my cricket. Mm-hmm. And from the cricket, I learned so much about designing 
for a machine that's going to cut out of a material and how to lay things out and what your tolerances are. And all the, even though I was only cutting vinyl with it, you learn a lot about how your design has to be put together yeah. to work on vinyl. Like it's not just, I, I, we, I've talked about this with so many guests because the, you know, the focus of the show is using technology and digital technology in a creative way. Right. Mm -hmm. I've talked about this a million times where people truly don't understand that it's not push button magic when you get yeah. something and you just throw it in this magic software and it's a black box where you hit a button and everything just works like yeah. magic. Yeah. When it when it works perfectly like magic, what you're seeing is a person who's who's failed a million times at doing mm -hmm. something, mm -hmm. succeeding because of their experience of failing a million times. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize like by failing and, and making those mistakes, that's how you learn and grow. I started out as every cricket beginner. I once was someone that didn't have a cricket, didn't know what it was at one point, And now I've come to here and I've made so many mistakes along mm -hmm. this crafting journey of mine, but that's the beauty of growth and um, how we're able to expand our knowledge on everything. And I have so many friends that on the inside of the lid of their cricket, it says, did you mirror your design? They make yeah. a vinyl decal that, so when they open the machine, oh, oh you know what? Hold on. I'm going to show, I'm going to, okay, you ready? I recorded a whole episode of Because We Make through the microphone on my webcam <laughs> because I didn't check my inputs before I recorded. Do you know what's on my computer screen right now? Hold on. I'm going to peel it off. I have this. Check your, inputs. <laughs> Check your inputs. Oh no, my camera's going crazy. No, no, it can't find me now. Hold on. All right. Oh no. <sighs> oh yeah, I got this, Amy. I got this great camera. It's amazing. <laughs> wow, what a great camera it is. You need to get it. <laughs> I'm loading up the software so I can put it back on my face. Oh God. Oh my god, you that's so just funny. Move it? Yep, I'm gonna reset it. Hold on. Okay. Turn it off, turn it back on. Track me. Come on. Oh my god, it won't track me now. It's oh there it goes. Okay, we're good. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. But I will say, um, to go off of that, I meant I didn't even talk about this yet, but I I have a lot of thoughts that I just want to say right now and I can't sure. So I'm a part of One for Three Vinyls um, VIP group now, so I, I promote mm -hmm. a lot of their products and whatnot. Not that I wasn't doing that already before I was a VIP because I love sure. their website, but I was I went on a workshop with a few of their other craft influencers in October to mm -hmm. Vegas, and one of the women that I met there, her name was Corinne Corinne Blackstone, and mm -hmm. she has a great tip for mirroring your design. If you forget before, even before you click make it. When you're have when you have your design in Cricut Designs place in space, okay, <laughs> flip your design. Yeah, go to like the flip area and then just click or the adjust area or something, and then click flip. So that way, okay, you know it's it's good to do, go, good to go, and you don't have to mirror it. I saw her do that once in a video, and I was like, that yeah. is so much better. Like I'll remember to do that. I will never remember to click that stupid little switch under no. the, pic the thumbnail of the mat that says mirror. No, I, the, it's so hidden too. It should be like, wait. What I don't understand is like, cause one of the things I like about the Cricut is that in the process of making a design, it goes through the steps one at a time. 
it knows you're printing on HTV. All right, granted, if you're doing it on regular vinyl and you're putting it on the back of acrylic and it needs to be mirrored and it doesn't know that, mm -hmm. fine. I expect that. But if you're doing something with HTV, there's never a time where you won't need to mirror it. Right. <laughs> like, so just yeah. if I'm printing with HT, if I'm cutting HTV, just tell me, hey, dumbass, <laughs> did you mirror it? You probably didn't. Go back and mirror it now or flip it or something. Have you accounted for the fact that this needs to be in reverse? That's yeah. Right. I know they have it on the final page where it says, like, make sure, you know, to mirror your design. But it's like it needs to be bigger, bolder, more like like a Windows pop up. Like, hey, you need to yeah, pretend, <laughs> pretend you're asking me to sign up for an email newsletter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, right. Make it that uh obvious. Right. And then just make it, um, you know, optional. So don't show this message again or keep showing it to me, please. When I have HTV, that'd be a great feature for, for the design space. <laughs> as someone who's as someone who's kind of become a resource for cricket crafters in particular, um, the recent changes to design space must have you like I, I love them because they put it more in line with Adobe Illustrator. Yes. Um, a lot a lot of the way it functions now, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is like real software now. It's not mm -hmm. trash any. I've hated design space for so long. And I would get into discussions with people where they're like, well, what do you do otherwise? Like, how do you do your designs? In Adobe Illustrator. That's mm -hmm. how I do all my designs. But now it's like, no, if you need to whip something up real quick, you can actually do it in design space mm -hmm. pretty effectively now. Like they added guides. The layers panel makes a lot more sense. Oh, yeah. The cutting, the welding, and all that. What what in what Adobe would call Pathfinder and what other apps call Boolean operations, it's all part of design space now. It's just, mm -hmm. it's so much better. It's like somebody grabbed them over in Utah and said, guys, yeah. stop worrying about the machines. Fix the damn software. The software is awful. <laughs> yeah, I get a, a quite a few complaints like in my DMs, my comments, just oh, design space, it's awful, or I can't figure it out, or um, it crashes on me all the time. That's one of the other like biggest complaints. Yeah, it does. It used to crash a lot. It doesn't really anymore, but it used to crash constantly. All the time. But for me, it, it doesn't. Luckily, it hasn't crashed, and it's been good. But... Yeah, no, I really like Design Space now. It definitely has, even watching my old YouTube videos when I used to do the, you know, screenshot of Cricut Design Space, how much it has changed. I'm, oh my God, it's wow. incredible. But it's great. It's it's a good change. I think um, having more options like the in the beta version, like the Unite button and um, mm -hmm. getting the other ones too, but they're great. Like it just gives crafters more flexibility and more ways to just craft and create you know and it, it's still it's still beginner friendly it's still not as that's, and that's what's really good like that's I, it right there and i don't think that people the people complaining i don't think they realize but what what's happening right now is a good thing because they're being dragged into understanding the way design software works everywhere else right and what they're going to learn they mm -hmm. won't learn it right away but what's going to happen one day they're going to outgrow design space and they're going to go get something like Affinity Designer or Inkscape or even Adobe Illustrator. And it's going to be like, I understand the concepts here. Even though you may have to adapt to it, the concepts are going to translate. Because this yeah. idea of welding, that's not a thing. Anywhere yes. on any piece of software, it's not a thing. right? But uniting mm -hmm. is. It's a Boolean operation and it's in mm -hmm. Pathfinder. It's it's just the way it works. And now people are going to start learning all these features 
are like, oh, I've kind of gotten secretly educated on how every other piece of design software works. Yeah. And again, like that's why I said before, Cricut is such a great gateway machine because mm-hmm. eventually if people want to get Adobe Premiere, sorry, if they want to get Adobe Illustrator or InDesign, they're able to, oh, I know this tool because Cricut yeah. Design Space had a similar thing. Uh-huh. You know? um, it's just great to, to, to have that, uh, have that growth for Cricut, you know? Yeah. I think, I think, you know, it's funny because a couple of was it a, wow, it was like a couple of years ago at this point where they had that whole thing where if you didn't pay for design space, if you didn't pay for access, they were going to really screw you over as a customer. That and was the, really bad. The, back- the backlash. Oh my God. I'm glad that they didn't fall through with that, but. The backlash was swift and severe. Mm-hmm. And I think they got a wake up call that, hey, mm-hmm. your customers are very on board with your products. And we are. I I actually bought a silhouette cameo for the cameo four. I bought one right after they that weekend. I bought it. I used it for a weekend. I sent it back on Monday. I thought it was the worst piece of crap ever. I'm like, I'm just going to muddle through it. My cricket. I'll just deal with it. Whatever. If they don't go back on this, then I'm just going to have to pay for it. But this thing's a piece of crap, right? I was so annoyed with it. I, my ex-wife walked into the room and I was sitting there with my head in my hand and she goes, What's the matter? I'm like, I can't get this goddamn thing to cut. And she's like, I don't understand. I was like, neither do I. I don't understand. I'm not an idiot, but I can't make this damn thing cut. It would not cut for me. And by the end of the weekend, I had not cut anything with the machine. Back into the box, back to Amazon it went. I never wanted to see it again. All I knew at that moment was, damn it, Cricket, don't screw me. And the backlash came so severely (laughs) that it was like, oh, they're not going to screw because everyone felt the same way. Like there were, there were people that jumped ship. There were people yeah. that jumped ship, Yeah, but I think overwhelming. they learned a lot about their customer base. And what they learned is that their customer base is loyal because the products work for them, yeah. not because they're just blindly loyal to the company. No. And it's almost like they pivoted. Their new products are much more in line with, it almost seems like they started at thinking, what would a customer want? Not what can we put out there to make a little money right. this time? The products that, are better. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Any entrepreneur, any business owner should understand. Like it's always about your target audience, your customer, what they want. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's why I think a lot of my success, like comes from that because I'm always thinking of what does my target audience want to see for me? What do they want to learn from me? Um, I understand Cricket's standpoint of their business. They wanted to make, you know, maybe a little Uh, bit more money when it comes to that new, new update or it wasn't an update, but the new Cricket design space thing. Yep. But they realized, okay, our customers don't like this. We don't want them to be angry. And uh, let's let's see how we can pivot from this. And maybe let's just not go through with it. And I'm, I'm glad they did. You know, It came from, I think it came, I hate to say it because it, it sounds snotty, but it came from a lack of understanding about who their audience and their users actually yeah. are. If you're a business, you don't care about those fees. Like no. I pay... I pay for st- I pay seven sixty seven dollars a month for Adobe. I pay four hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars a year for Fusion three sixty. Mm-hmm. I pay for any number of pieces of software that I use to run my yeah. business because they run my business. I understand right. that that's going to eat into my profits, but I also understand that my business doesn't exist without them, right? Right. But most cricket owners are not running a business with their cricket, even though a lot are. Most aren't. 
They need the fee to be one time. Most cricket users I know don't have access. No. The access is only $10 a month. And people right. don't pay for it. They don't want it. Yeah. Right? Because it's $10 a month and they're just making stuff once a month for, you know, mm-hmm. they're making a onesie once a month. Yeah. They don't and need to spend $10. Yeah, that was the whole deal about, I, I remember it now because they were going to charge people if they imported uploads or, uh, yeah. not, I think just uh, just images in general. Yeah, you, 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 you that. And it's yeah. like, listen, not everyone's a craft business owner where they're making money. You know, some people want to get an image from Google quick and create a a, a baby onesie for their child. Like That's <laughs> it, it shouldn't have to cost them money to do that. You know, it, it's the software, the, um, you know, the software comes with the machine, of course, but you know, getting the machine and all the accessories. It's a lot. And Just, the machines, I mean, I love the machine. I love my, my Explorer Air 2, which by the way is mm-hmm. now, now that I think about it is now four years old. Yeah. Right. I love this machine, but it wasn't cheap. When I bought it, I bought it at full price. It was their second tier machine. So it was yeah. what two forty nine when I bought it. Yeah. When you could buy a similar cutter from other companies well under two hundred. And it was like I, I bought it because I trusted the brand, I trusted the quality. I mean, if you feel the machines, the machines are made like tanks. They all weigh fifty pounds, you know? It's like oh. <laughs> I I will record some TikToks occasionally, and I recorded an Instagram reel that's going to go live tomorrow where I'm holding the cricket machines. And those <laughs> things are built, man. Like they are, they're not easy to hold. Like I get a good arm workout after that. But no, these these machines are very durable and mm-hmm. great. Like it's, but I know I, I wish I didn't sell my Explorer too. I did <laughs> think. I think a year and a half ago, maybe two. You had the mint green one. You had the mint green one too, didn't you? It was no, it was like a oh, the rose one. Okay, okay. It wasn't even like a light blue or a teal. It was just a bright like. Oh, then then it had to go. That doesn't. That's clashing with Amy's total vibe. So (laughs) clashing. I was like, oh well, you know, blue's nice. I have said this to myself. If Cricut came out with a line of neutral color crickets, I would buy every single one. A brown, a beige. <laughs> I buy every single one. I would. For those of you, for those of you that have it, Amy loves her earth tones. Like watch her videos or go to her Instagram page and look at her highlights for her stories. They're all just color swatches of earth tones. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> they really are color swatches of. <laughs> literally they're just color swatches you know it's nice it's rare to have people i guess like you to see and appreciate and not appreciate what's the word i'm looking for just it's rare to have people like you that are very supportive you know Mm -hmm. um my my husband yeah he also says hi and he wishes that he was on the podcast (laughs) he keeps threatening me he's like i'm gonna make an instagram that's alex makes that and i'm gonna be here (laughs) (laughs) I'm like okay honey like you go do that um but when you said that I was like yeah it must be really cool for um my husband also to he said it before to see my business that was nothing you know it was Mm -hmm. just a small idea that a crazy idea I didn't know what was going to happen with it and to see me go from that point to where I am now it must be a really cool thing to see it from from his eyes as well because sometimes i forget that this is my job and this is my life now <laughs> um, but, it, but it's a good thing you know that's like the, the little imposter syndrome in me but 
No, I, um, yeah, I, I appreciate all your love. And, you know, I think when you surround yourself with like-minded people and people that generally support you and appreciate everything you do, I think what you give into this world, you're going to get back. So I completely agree. And I, I've experienced it in, it's interesting because I've, I experienced, I've experienced it with, I've experienced it with the maker world. I've experienced it as a podcaster. You know, I'm always willing to promote other people doing things. Like I know I'm not, there's plenty of room at the table for everybody, you know. Plenty. But I it's, always it, say that. Like there's there's no competition here. Like if someone wants to do the same thing as me, like someone wants to be another small craft absorber, let for them. It. Like yeah. you are not them. It's it's okay because mm-hmm. you are going to thrive and be successful and so are they. Like it's okay. I've taught I've taught so many people how to do the things I do. I've, I've given people advice on starting a podcast. I've given people advice on making cutting boards. Mm -hmm. I've given people advice on getting their website up to speed. I don't care. I'll do that all day long. Like Mm -hmm. I want everyone, I want all of us. It's, it sounds like such a hippie thing to say, but Mm -hmm. that's who I am. I'm a hippie at heart, right? I want everyone to succeed. I want if, if, and if, if you if you and I are going to take this walk together and we're all going to succeed together, then let's do it. Let's right. start walking now. Let's go. Where are we, where yeah. are we going? Where are we going? Because if I'm already someplace, I, I'll I'll cut I'll cut down the grass to make it a little easier for you to get there. Right. And that's kind of the way I see everything. Mm-hmm. And I am absolutely a hundred percent. If anybody wants to do what I do, I will teach you every aspect of it. Because you know what I know. What I bring to the table isn't just the thing I sell, it's me. And right. I think that's what a lot of people screw up. And I think that's something you get better than a lot of the people I know. What you bring to the table isn't, I can make a cool thing with the cricket. What you bring to the table is, I'm Amy, and I present this in a way that's different. And I have a different personality, and I have a different set of experiences. And that's what makes me special and relatable. And yes, you can work with a bunch of other influencers or you can work with me. Mm-hmm. And if you want to work with me, this is the me you get. That's why when you told me that Cricket kind of wanted the TikTok things to be more of your style, it was like, see, even they know that what you bring to the table isn't a Cricket project. It's Amy doing a Cricket project. Yeah. And I think that that's what people get wrong. They get so protective of the product that they don't realize that part of the product is the person. Mm-hmm. So this, many people, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's like this whole thing with AI art that everyone's freaking out about how AI is going to take jobs from artists. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if your job can be taken by a prompt on a computer, then your job isn't, you're not doing a very good job. You're yeah. just not. I'm sorry, you're not. If you can be replaced by a randomly algorithmically generated image, then your art isn't very good. That's not to say you should stop. That's to say improve your art and deliver it with you. Mm -hmm. Like I hate to, I I hate, I don't like to be negative and I'm trying not to be negative, but this AI should be lighting a fire under people. It's like, okay. Yeah. I can't skate by anymore. I can't just go, oh, I make this art. Look how cool it is. It's like, okay, but the computer can make that now. You know, woodworkers for years have been arguing about CNCs not being real woodworking mm-hmm. because a CNC can make a perfect cut of anything you ever want to make a cut of. It's like, oh, that's not really woodworking. Well, guess what? It's still here. They are not going anywhere. They're only getting better and they're only getting cheaper. 
So, adapt or die. <laughs> no, but it's so true. I, I say this almost in every YouTube video where I'm sharing my experience on how to start a craft business or mm-hmm. anything of that realm. Your mind is so very powerful. And if you don't believe in yourself, if you talk negatively, are insecure, you know, jealous of someone else's career and their success, you you can't you can't grow from there, right? You can't you can't start a successful business from there if that's your attitude on it. Sure. So when you're able to say, okay, no, I, I myself, like I can teach someone exactly what I do, my business model, everything. But the difference is that they're not me and I'm not them. So is it wrong for someone to completely copy everything and start wearing neutrals like me? Yeah, of course. I mean, that would be a little, you know. That, that was my that was my plan. I was going <laughs> to grow my hair, dye it red, and start wearing neutrals. But um, I even yeah. have your camera, damn it! That's why I got your camera, <laughs> Amy. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> um, but no, like if you know, that's that's the whole point. As long as you're not copying and you see, okay, I don't have competition here, right? We, we all have room at the table. Mm-hmm. We all can grow and be successful in the same industry, the same niche. Sure. You're good to go, you know? There's, a, there's a lot of room. There's a lot of room out there for a lot of people doing the same thing. Right. You know, was it you and I? I think it was you and I that had this conversation where when people talk about market saturation, and I, I said, what a joke that is. I said, yeah, market saturation, joke. market saturation, in mm-hmm. my mind, tells me that there is a market and it's got a lot of people that want to pay for stuff. Right. So don't oh, avoid a market thing. that's saturated. Mm-hmm. Get in it. Get your piece. Yeah, I remember that was the reel that I was po- pointing out different lies, I guess, people yes. would tell yes. themselves. Like, it oh, was you. Yeah, it was you. Yeah, the market is too saturated. Too many people have crickets and starting businesses. Like, that's a good thing. Like, it's- yeah. Figure out how you can be different and you can create your business with it. Like, I think people like to psych themselves out or maybe find any excuse to not do something. And me on the opposite, I'm such a go-getter when I want something and I, I might not know that I can do it. I still am like, what are we doing? How are we going to figure this out? We're we're Mm going to do this no matter what. I'm not giving up. And that's you know you can't give up you can't just be like oh i failed at this and i oh well the market's too saturated i guess i can't create a craft business it's like you're finding every excuse to not do what you really want to do and that's so mind-boggling to me no no one that ever wanted to do anything said there were too many people doing it for me to do it too right that's just procrastination and and look I'm, i'm not even saying that that's not valid right if you don't think you're ready all right, granted, but it's that you're not ready. It's not that there's a lot of people doing the thing. It's that you're not ready to do the thing yet. And that's fine. Yeah. Not everyone's ready to jump in head first into everything they ever want to do. Yeah. But the idea, the idea that because there's a lot of people, I don't know, making cutting boards, you should never make cutting boards. And so- no, there's a lot of people making and selling cutting boards. Guess what? There's more people that want cutting boards than people making cutting boards. Yeah, it means Get that your ass into is, your garage and start making them. <laughs> yeah, it means that product is in high demand. And oh, crap, like we need more people that can make cutting boards. Even with the, even with the wedding stuff, even with the wedding stuff, mm-hmm. right? All the acrylic stuff that I cut from all your referrals, right? What did I end up learning? It wasn't that I was doing something no one else could do. And then I wasn't even doing it cheaper. But what I was doing, I was doing it better. 
Mm-hmm. I was communicative mm-hmm. with the clients. I was offering them be- I was offering them fair pricing yeah. for a product that all of them are happy with. Mm-hmm. And all these things, it's like, yeah, I could very easily just go to AliExpress and buy these and flip them, but that's not yeah. my product, right? Mm-hmm. I would it would be easier for me. 100% it would be easier for me to go to AliExpress and buy acrylic table stands. God, it would make my life so much easier. But at the same time, that's not my product anymore. My product is what I make and people want to pay me for my product. Yeah, so yeah. And, and your creativity and, and your craft behind it, you know, sure. someone can easily, this is also another conversation that I have. Someone can easily buy something from Amazon and gift it to someone this holiday season. But mm-hmm. You know, when you actually buy from a small business owner, you're not just, you know, supporting a business like you're supporting like a person, their dream, their their aspirations, everything behind that. And there's a difference between big companies like Amazon versus small businesses like Vincent Ferrari, you know. Yep. Yep. And Vincent Ferrari doesn't have a day job anymore, so he <laughs> could use all that business. What's <laughs> another wedding reel and we'll uh Oh my god! I can't wait till I can't wait till like March and March when wedding season starts kicking off again. Whew. It was it's been it's been wild though, and I really do like I've said it to you personally. I've hinted at it at the beginning of the show, but I've I really do mean it. I appreciate so much all you've done for me. It means the world to me because realistically, before you know, before we we became friends, you didn't have any reason whatsoever to even be nice to me. And yet you were from the beginning. So I can truthfully say that you have been nice to me since before you had any reason to. And really, I can't offer much except friendship. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate so much your friendship and what you've done for me and how much your friendship over the last couple of years has meant both to me and to my business. Because no. it's really been it's been great having you as a friend. Mm-hmm. And it's been great introducing you to the people that I consider friends who go, I really like her. She's a go-getter. <laughs> no, I, I, that means so much. Thank you. And I appreciate you more than you'll ever know too. I mean, I remember when you first direct messaged me and you're like, Hey, you know, like just sparking conversation. Like I'm in the creative world too. That's cool. And then you got the courage to be like, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? I was like, Whoa, I've never been on a podcast before. I'd love to be on your podcast. This is awesome. Um, but then ever since then, like we've just bonded so much over mm-hmm. being in the same industry, but you know, not at the same time. And you know, being entrepreneurs and then being creatives, like it, it's just I've vented you before about you know my personal life, and you have too. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's rare to find people like you that generally want to see good for you, but also are in the same industry and just appreciate you know what you do is for all the creators. So. Oh. I, I I really appreciate what you do. I appreciate how much you've done to help the people that are in your space even. And I think it just goes to show that what we were talking about a few minutes ago, where there's plenty of room at the table that you truly believe that because you are actually bringing people kicking and screaming, dragging them by the ear to the table and saying, eat, eat. <laughs> That's the Long Island girl in you. You you know, there's always, you just put another pot on. It's fine. Come eat, come eat. Yeah, like I, I posted the reel the other day of, um, what was it? Of like blinking at people that didn't open their cricket as soon as they opened it, <laughs> as soon as they got it. And I'm like, no, I, I'm forcing you. Like, and I, I bet from that reel, cause it got a, a, quite a few comments and traction. Mm-hmm. I bet at least one of those people said, 
okay, today's the day that I'm going to open my Cricut. And if that's, that's what happened because of that reel and the funniness behind it, my job is, is done, you know? <laughs> you've opened up what, what they don't realize, and they will, but what they don't realize is you've just opened them up to a whole new world that they didn't know existed. And yeah. it's gonna, they're going to feel so unleashed when they start playing around. You know, they'll yeah, get over the too. like, oh my gosh, you helped me start my craft business or hey, I, I opened, I got a cricket because of you. And I'm like, oh, really? That's awesome. Like, <laughs> like, holy shit. Like I have that like influence on people. I have that power. And I think that's something that took me quite a long time to, to realize as a creator, like, oh my God, what I say and do really affects a lot of people. <laughs> like I had that, I did. had that moment in August, um, when I can when I ended because we make, mm. and I thought it was like, okay, this was a cool podcast. It was good. It had its run and that's the end of it. And I started getting messages like, bro, you don't, you don't understand. I used to every Wednesday that was like my shop. It was my shop company, you know, mm -hmm. hearing you and Brooke or you and Ethan, you know, it was, it was my thing. I, 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 I thrived on having your podcast to listen to and it made, it made my life so much better and I enjoyed it so much. And I didn't realize, and this isn't me giving myself a pat on the back, but it's to kind of go along with what you're saying where I didn't even oh, yeah. realize that what I was doing, cause all I was doing was getting makers on a show and having a chat or maybe having a chat with my co-host, just me and my buddies just talking. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize the impression you're having on people until some, you know, even if you just stop doing it for a while and you start going, Oh my God, like these people really depend on it. And when I started this up again and I said, look, I'm about to lose my day job. Um, if I'm going to do this podcast, I need some serious financial support. Yeah. And I had, you know, 10 different people at multiple different levels supporting the show before mm -hmm. the first episode even dropped. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh my God, this really does mean something to somebody. And I think, you know, as I, I don't like to call myself an influencer because I don't think I am one, but as a content creator with an, in, with influence, that's what I'm going to call myself. Ah, a con I like a content creator with influence. <laughs> I've started to realize like, no, what you do is actually more important than you even give yourself credit for. Mm -hmm. And I think that all of us in the content creation space should probably once in a while just step back and appreciate just how much of an impact we're having on people's lives, even if we're only doing something that we think it's just, oh, this is just something I like to do. Yeah, yeah. I agreed a thousand percent. Even that's kind of like where the imposter syndrome comes from. You know, I, I remember we had that conversation before and used to be pretty bad for me I think maybe like in the beginning of this year but I don't know something changed man I guess maybe the the growth that I saw with my communities or you know maybe that I I just started realizing like no Amy you work your ass off to get to where you are today and look at how far you've come hearing the fact that I had 8,553 Subscribers on YouTube in April of last year when I went on your podcast for the first time is like what? Like I have seventy thousand plus more now. It's it's crazy to see how much can change within your life in a year, in two years, and I think we as humans should always remind ourselves of the progress that we've done because it's it's really important to acknowledge that and be like, 
It is. It is okay. Yeah, I think you know. There's nothing cocky about it either. You know, it's not like look at me. I have subscribers. Like I don't think I'm a different person because I have. Yeah, I can. I can confirm you are definitely not a different person. (laughs) I don't treat people differently. I'm not. I mean, it makes that. You understand? Do you understand? I wear sunglasses now inside (laughs) just because I'm Amy. (laughs) It's like no, like I would never like. It's crazy to see how these like TikTok influencers and the people that, you know, they let the fame really go up up their their heads. But I just I can't ever see myself being that kind of person. You know, I, I love being able to relate and just be the and, genuine me that I am. So And at the same time, at the same time, um I've never I I've never found anyone that's super humble to be somebody I wanted to emulate, you know, like yeah. I, I, someone, you know, a little bit of cockiness or a little bit of awareness of where you are in the world or where you are in a space that to me is a more attractive quality than false humility, because right. I think a lot of people turn on the false humility mm-hmm. to a level that it's a little bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I understand that you don't, we don't, we don't embrace, we don't embrace self-praise in this world at all like it's not acceptable to praise yourself but sometimes on rare occasions and this is from me to my audience i'm just telling you look at your accomplishments take your hand just pat yourself on the back a little bit because it's okay to do that it's okay to acknowledge when you've done something good it's okay to acknowledge that you're successful it's okay to acknowledge you're good at what you do Mm -hmm. it's okay to acknowledge that you're the best at what you do whatever gets you through it's okay. It's okay. Cause you know what? There is no rule that says you can't go out there and say you are the best at what you do mm-hmm. on the very, I am pretty sure it still says it. I don't know if when I rebranded, I changed it, but when because we make was in the Apple podcast directory, I literally said in the description of the podcast, the best making and creativity podcast on the internet. Mm-hmm. Is it, I mm-hmm. don't know. Prove it's not mm-hmm. prove. It's not. And that's what, that's how I, that's how I live my life. Yeah. Prove I'm not the best podcast host on the internet. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Prove it. I, I like dare you. <laughs> I think I should listen to you more often. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have these little nuggets from time to time. They, they, they squirt out every once in a while, just a little tiny nugget of wisdom, but you seriously, just pat yourself on the back recognize your accomplishments, recognize that you've worked really hard. Like you just said, you worked your ass off to get where you are. You didn't, you weren't handed 80,000 people on YouTube. You weren't handed 95,000 people on Instagram. You earned every single one of those pairs of eyeballs and it's okay to go. Yeah. You know what? I did earn this. I did. I did. I earned it. It's I'm not taking it for granted. There's a there's a difference, right? You can admit that you earned something and still not take it for granted. That those are not the same thing, and people yeah, conflate yeah. them a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But you earned where you are, and you earned it by being genuine. You earned it by being you. You earned it by producing things that people want to see, and you put a lot of effort and thought into it, and it shows. Yeah. And that's how Amy got to where Amy is today. How so. Amy made that. <laughs> Amy, that's how Amy made Amy. <laughs> Amy made everything. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Um, why don't we switch over and do our things of the week this week? Now, your your thing of the week, I was going to say, is outside of the box, but that's almost a little bit too easy of a pun to make. So <laughs> what's your thing of the week this week, Amy? <laughs> so my thing of the week is something that I made this past weekend, and it is one of my guilty pleasures. Well, it is one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> it is Trader Joe's banana bread. It is perfect. Why? Because I mean, I feel like the holiday season, I say it's bulking season, but I always eat a lot more sweets and baked goods Mm -hmm. around this time. Um, But so banana bread's great. It could be a great breakfast. It could be a great dessert. It could be a great quick last minute thing you need for, you know, going to a holiday party or something or just whatever you need. But Trader Joe's has my heart and their banana bread is just amazing. So that's my thing. I am just going to say this as, as everyone who listens to this probably already knows, I am a big Trader Joe's devotee. Now, granted, I have an Instagram that has not been updated in a while. That's (laughs) going to get fixed next year. I'm going to go back to doing Snacker Joe's again. But one of the things that blows my mind about Trader Joe's above all else is when you buy a mix from them, if you follow the directions, it comes out perfect. <laughs> I don't know what crazy mad scientists come up with their mixes, but if you follow their directions to the letter, mm-hmm. everything comes out exactly correctly. I bought the um, spring cupcake mix, um, and they are basically vanilla cupcakes with a green with a green um, buttercream frosting, and they were the best cupcakes I have ever made. And they were out of a mix. They were perfect. I just threw everything in the KitchenAid and just let it go. Yeah. And then it, um, it was amazing. I love that. Trader Joe's just makes it so easy. I, I yep. do basically all my grocery shopping from there. And even everything slaps, like their pumpkin bread muffin mix. Mm-hmm. Their cornbread mix is the best cornbread mix on the planet. The best. Absolutely the best. It's the best. It. And it's got little pieces of corn in it, which make me very happy. It's <laughs> we should totally i i've always you know it's funny when i was really in the peak of snacker joe's when i was in the peak of snacker joe's i really wanted to do a trader joe's podcast like really bad and oh my god if i could find a co i would have to have a co-host for that but man would i love to do a a trader joe's podcast really cool yeah i mean like you could I have so many content ideas for that. <laughs> we should we should talk. We should talk. I, I'm sure adding another thing. To, yeah, adding another, so thing to that. Plate, <laughs> adding another thing to your plate surely won't be a problem. Oh, no. <laughs> just add it to the flaming fire that I have. It's like it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Right. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> so, what's um, your thing of the week? So, my thing of the week is actually something that I've been eyeballing. So, this was announced over the summer and then it wasn't available. And I've been eyeballing it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'm like, I really need this damn thing. So, for those of you that remember, back in May, I got a Microsoft Surface Laptop Studio, which, and it was a super high end model. Um, I got, I maxed it out. Every option I could get, I got. So, it was. The most expensive computer I have ever ever bought in my life, but I had to because I do so much on it, and I only buy a new laptop every five to six years. So it's like if I'm going to buy a laptop, it's going to be a high-end machine. It charges over USB-C, um, but if I really push it, push it, push it, sometimes the battery just isn't the greatest, even though it's generally good. So I saw this thing, and it's the Anchor 737 PowerCore Power Bank. It has a 20 
4,000 milliamp hour battery, two USB-C ports and a USB-A port, it can charge my laptop from a battery pack. And it puts 140 watts out, which is actually more than the wall charger for my laptop, which is only 120. (laughs) So it's a beast. Um, It weighs a ton. It's the size of a brick. But when when I know I'm not going to be home for a while, I know I can throw this in my bag and at least get another two hours out of my laptop just from this. Plus, you can. it has a screen, and on the screen, it'll show you which devices that are connected to which ports are drawing power, which is really cool. So, like, I had my AirPods plugged into it yesterday, and when they were done charging, you could see the power draw just dropped to nothing, and it was just a trickle charge after that just to keep them keep juice going into it. It's, it's an amazing, amazing – it doesn't come with a charger for it. Mm-hmm. So you need to have a high-output USB-C charger. Um, so if you have like a MacBook, like a MacBook charger with USB-C, that should be enough to charge it or something similar. I have a really, I have a power adapter that's USB-C that I carry with me for my laptop also. So it charges this just fine. So it's the Anchor 737. It's a 24K milliamp hour three port charger. Um, I'll have the link on Amazon. This thing is so over the top ridiculous, but it's worth every freaking penny. It will charge everything you have. And you'll have pl- you'll have multiple chargers out of it. It's a fantastic device. So yeah, that's my I'm thing of the week. Like for my editing, and like I I use my laptop all the time. It's the only device I have. But mm-hmm. my laptop dies pretty quickly, and it's because I've used to overcharge it a lot. And I, it's something I definitely need to invest in. <laughs> yeah, are you using are you using Final Cut? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Final Cut, while it performs like a mother. It also drains power like a mother. <laughs> it's the worst. I'll be editing, and then two seconds later, your laptop's about to die. I'm like, really? I just touched it. Just be glad. Just be glad you're not using Premiere because it's even worse on battery on a Mac. Oh, yeah. it's- That's what I've heard. I mean, yeah, I would like to get Premiere, but. Meh. I love Premiere. I I live in Premiere. I live in all the Adobe. I speak Adobe natively, um, but. As far as battery life, yeah. If you're got, if you got a battery that's a little dodgy, stick with Final Cut until you get a better one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely will stick with my Final Cut. I, I can't fix. I, what's the what's the saying? Don't don't break. Don't that. fix what don't fix what ain't broken. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you know what else? You know what's not broken? The number of people that support this show financially, and those people include Matthew Serio from Artigiano Serio, Big Al Schultz of New York Woodworks, Tori Decker of Tori Did It, Ed Swanson of Ed's Clocks and More, Jake Drews of Make With Jake, Megan Chris from Onyx Designs Woodwork, Christian Neary from Warren Works, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Kim and Garrett from Kim and Garrett Make It, Rory Langefeld of RLL Woodworks and DIY, Robert Jake Heller, Rebecca Cole of Beck C Designs, Brian Arsenault, the Seven Hills Maker, Lars Coleman of Colorado Multicraft, Dave Bauer of Dave Bauer Art, Jeremy Spies, Mike of Pixels to Prototype, Donald LeBlanc of Fun with Woodworking, and new to the list and back on the list, the one and only Grant Alexander from the Clamp podcast and i really appreciate all the people that donate to the show financially um as this episode drops it is december 21st and christmas is coming and thankfully without a day job you guys have made that burden a little easier and i tremendously tremendously appreciate the financial support 
but I also appreciate support in any way you can offer it. So if that's sharing the show, suggesting a guest, whatever you can do, letting people know, writing a review, like I said last week, writing a review helps because the show changed names and, uh, you know, that's a good excuse to write a new review. I could always use some new reviews over there. So if you have a moment, jump on over to wherever you hear this podcast and leave a review. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll read any new reviews I get on air. We always did. Um, mm -hmm. But I really appreciate all of it because I can't do this show without you. And frankly, I wouldn't want to do the show without you. So yeah. thanks for all you do to support the show and to support me in this transitional phase of my life. <laughs> Um, Amy, it has been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. I, I have been, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for all the success that you've had over the last year and a half. Um, I hope it continues. I hope you keep blowing up. I hope nothing but good things happen for you in the new year. I can't wait to see what comes of your new brand deal and all the other stuff you have going on. And it's been an absolute joy being your friend. And like I said earlier, I really owe you a great deal, not just for your, you know, your friendship, but for all you've done for me as an entrepreneur. And I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. So. Thank you. You've done very much a lot for me too. And I'm so happy that I was able to come on the podcast again on Myth the World. What do you, we should do this every year now, you know, next year, next date. <laughs> the annual Amy update will do the next, no, next year. You'll be at like 500,000 when I have you oh, on. <laughs> I mean, if you continue at pace, you'll be at 880,000 the next time I have you on. Cause you grow, you grow tenfold between visits. <laughs> that would be a dream. No, I mean, honestly, once I hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, my life will be complete. That's it. I just want the subscriber plaque, like right there. On you want that button. silver play button sitting on your wall. <laughs> yes, I need that. But yes, no, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure being on your podcast. I also have a recommendation after um, for someone that you might want on your podcast. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, I'll I'll grab that from you when we're all done. Um, in the meantime, where can people where can people find you? if they want to follow your content and enjoy the amazing volume of things that you put out into the world on a daily <laughs> basis. Um, uh, basically every platform I do have Instagram and we talked about TikTok. I have my website, www.amymakesthat.com. Basically any platform, if you have, um, sorry, if you have, nope, what am I saying? Basically any platform, my name will be Amy Makes That, nothing else other than that. Um, I'm trying to think. I have Facebook. I have Pinterest. I have some pins on there. Um, I, think, I think that's everybody. I think that's really it. I mean, I have an Amazon shop too. Of you know, A lot of people like to know what my equipment is and uh, blanks, cricket stuff, all that. I have that there. Um, but, I, but I think that's, that's it. Yeah. And uh, if... If you ever need vinyl, don't forget to use the code Amy5 um, with 143vinyl.com. There we go. And of course, if you need anything acrylic, there is one acrylic cutting company that is officially endorsed by Amy Makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ferrari in the making right now. He uh, is your man for anything acrylic or anything wedding, basically. He's, he's phenomenal. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to isolate that and use that, um, on Instagram going forward. <laughs> so, congratulations. You just became my spokesperson. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's thank you so fun. thank you so much for coming on and thank you the listener for listening i really appreciate it um i look forward to seeing you next week have a merry christmas because yes. like i said this comes out the 21st which means christmas is in a few days i hope you enjoy it i don't know if there's going to be an episode next week i have a feeler out to a specific guest who's a little outside of what i normally do if that doesn't happen then i'm probably just going to take the week off and we'll get back to it the following week so have a great week have a merry christmas and i will catch you all on the flip side Have fun.